Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 35,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been living with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm Uh. feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. We are live streaming now on Facebook. We do welcome everyone today to another episode of Words and Nerds. Um, I welcome a lot of different guests today for Authors for Mental Health because we all believe here, and I'm sure you believe when you're watching and listening, that mental health matters and we should all be making our mental health a priority. And I know I don't all the time because I get really busy and caught up with little kids and a job and the hobbies and all those things. So today we're just going to do a little bit of a reminder and we thought even if you can't jump on uh, the live stream now, you can certainly, uh, we'll leave it here on the page for you to watch at a later time. It'll also be available as a podcast. You've got all these options of when you can uh, tune into this because we didn't want to stress you out (laughs) with having to watch it right now because that's not what this is about. Um, I'm Danny V from the Words and Nerds podcast, and I really wanted to, um, you know, panel this discussion because I think it's really important. If anyone's listened to the podcast, they know that mental health is a it's a pretty important thing in my life. Um, so today we're going to take a deep dive, and I really like the theme of words matter. A deep dive into how what we say, like what we say to ourselves, to each other, and through our writing, and how it matters and how it impacts our mental health, positively and negatively. Because I think focus is on, um, you know, the writers and authors, but we also need to focus on um, everyone as well. So today I have with me authors, Anna Watley. Hello, Anna. Hi. Lovely to see you again. And we have authors, Sandy Barker. How are you today? Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm really well. Thanks, Danny. And of course, Kate Foster. How Hello. are you? We're just I'm good, admiring thanks. your banner before when we yeah. weren't talking. So <laughs> a lovely banner. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and we've it's got Wendy DeMarte, a mental health first aid trainer, health and wellbeing specialist, an important job and I think growing in demand, I would imagine, in this day and age. Hello, everyone. I could be the, I could be the reader, not an author, but a reader. Oh, but you've got a very important job to <laughs> as well. A variety of people here. Now, I do want to ask you, um, I'll turn to the authors first. How do we address mental health and well-being in our writing? And do we do it deliberately or do we do it subtly? Or is it something that just comes out? Anna, can I start with you? I was just thinking through every option and that like two seconds before you said it, I was like, do I do it on purpose or do I do it by accident? <laughs> I do this. It's like, oh. I did see your mind ticking I over. Mean, it's always ticking, never stops. Um, it will be there whether I want it to be or not. And I think after I've written, there's a conscious process of going back through because particularly writing for young adults, I don't want to make problems worse. And I was really conscious of that, of wanting a representation of what it's truly like to um suffer at the hands of your own brain and now I can see a brain with hands and Kate the brain has no hands we're all visualizing the wrong thing no um that so I want the realistic representation but I don't want to yeah I don't want to make anyone's um 
I don't want to leave anyone feeling despondent because I think hope's really important mm. and it's a really key uh, thing for a young adult. Yeah, Literature and I think it's interesting when you hope. say you want to represent experiences because I know that, you know, just me experiencing anxiety myself, that people experience it in different ways. So although there are specific things that you feel or you, you know, experience as you go through that, I think, um, you know, those type of things, they people experience them in different ways. So how that's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I think it is. It was that, am I, can I just keep going or did you want someone keep else? Keep going. And then I'll... Or I'll go on one night. <laughs> you know me, everyone, most people who know me well enough that I'll just keep going forever. Um, but I would say that but that's why we need enough representations out there because mm. you want my version of, which is a little bit of an amalgam of other, of all you know, the people I know closely as well, but then you want someone else's experience of and then you need another and you can't just have that one tokenistic representation of of whatever it might be um yeah that's absolutely true because you do you like to see yourself in these stories to normalize it and think i'm not alone because i think that's the most important thing when you are suffering um or experiencing i like to say although sometimes it does feel like i'm suffering i'm experiencing anxiety (laughs) i try and make it positive um you know, you do like to see that you're not alone because it is such an isolating experience. And I think talking about this, which I've sort of done recently and having these conversations is so important for, you know, not to feel alone when you're experiencing these things. Sandy, what about you? How do we address or how do you address mental health um, and well-being in your writing? Well, I write rom-coms and, you know, and romances with the happily ever after. And I, I want to write characters, even though we know where the story will end up because they're romances and, you know, they will hopefully make you laugh out loud. I, I did want to write characters who actually are nuanced and have layers like we all do. Um, and, you know, my first character that I wrote in One Summer in Santorini, my first book, she's largely based on me about 15 years ago and she suffers from anxiety and panic attacks, which... I do actually had one the other day and um, you know so this is something that's just a part of my you know I've had since I was a kid and um, I've had to deal with and so it's it's just a nuance and a layer to Sarah and there are scenes um, I have another character that I write as well who also suffers from anxiety and there'll be scenes where something happens and it's just you know I, I want to include that to, as Anna said, normalise and and just kind of make the, make up, make my readers understand that if if they're going through that sort of thing, many many other people do as well. And also to highlight that you need allies around you. You need people to be understanding and empathetic when those sorts of things are happening, yeah. and and how the other characters interact with these characters, and 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 just that kind of supportiveness and that network is is really critical to my characters. Mm. And you know the other thing is around that self-talk and that's something I I think we're going to get to a little bit later but my characters have a lot of negative self-talk and and the message around being we we all all do (laughs) we all do and that messaging that comes from other characters of you know or or even when they say things aloud about themselves you know it's like oh I'm you know stupid Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done that sort of thing is other characters saying don't talk to yourself like that yeah mm-hmm. and so it's just yeah it's just, you know but in a light touch I'm not not a terribly deep dive because they are rom-coms but it's just part of life mm-hmm. so I wanted to incorporate that 
Mm, no, I think that's really important. I think, you know, you touched on something about having allies. And mm. I think for someone who hasn't had panic attacks or whatever it is you're experiencing, I'm just using anxiety because that's my experience. Mm. Um, it's interesting how people around you respond, you know, because you can't explain it to them or well, you can, but, <laughs> you know, they yeah. haven't, if they haven't experienced it themselves, it's pretty difficult to get, you know, everyone's in your ally, your friends, but for them to really empathize with that, I find that the hardest because people are looking at you going, oh, but you know, there's nothing wrong or what's your trigger or just that's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. And if it was that easy, well, <laughs> you wouldn't have anxiety. Yeah, that's right? exa exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. Um, this only happened very recently and I've had anxiety for a really long time is the most helpful thing that someone said to me when I was in the middle of a panic attack in the city with a lot of people around, which is the worst time to have a panic attack. And, they just yep. sat there and said, how does that feel? Mm. And it was really interesting because you'd think a lot of people would have asked you that. And I've never been asked that before. And I was like, oh, okay. And so then I was able to focus on the feelings like I feel short of breath, I feel shaky, I feel sweaty, I feel dizzy, I feel this impending doom. And they just sat there and said, oh, that must feel really awful. Mm. And it was just as That's simple as that, as someone just yeah. sitting there with it, with you in it, you know, yeah. instead of trying to give you advice. Or to and acknowledging it's real. So I'm it's sure, a real, real yeah. thing. Yeah. Acknowledging for, for someone, it. Yep. Yeah, for someone to just yeah. acknowledge it ask about it and sit in it with me made me able to push through it much easier than I had before. So it's interesting when you say allies, I think that's really important for people to understand. And, you know, and that might not be helpful for everyone, but no. getting your allies, allies to understand what, what you might need from them in those times of need. Yeah. Kate, what about you? Tell us about, um, you know, your experience in addressing mental health and wellbeing in your writing. Yeah. Um, so I go, I guess going back to the very first question that you asked, like, how do you approach it? And I think a bit of everything really. Um, sometimes like Anna said, it's just kind of is in there anyway, because it's a lived experience. Um, and I don't think I can write characters that don't have some form of anxiety or, or OCD or something, because it's, it's me. I kind of, a bit of me is in every character I write, but at the same time um, I do, obviously with both of my books pause was more of a natural kind of um this is just how he is as a character um and he has anxiety um and this is how it how it looks for him whereas the bravest word is much more about what you've just been talking about danny with regards to um this boy doesn't know he has depression so mm. it's really looking at how he is um experiencing life and how things are changing for him so we you know it's an intense book I guess um but it obviously it has a dog in it so it's got that light um, <laughs> aspect which is you know what we need um but it the, the intensity of it is that we are in his head an awful lot so we're sharing those oh you know why on earth am I even bothering with this it's stupid I can't do it you know it's it's that sudden turn to anger and frustration and everyone's getting on my nerves and then it's a turn to absolute just can't move I'm exhausted you know so it's really um what I wanted to do was then have the secondary characters so his mum his dad and his friends and how they all treat him and how they all respond to him so you know we've got one um I won't give it all away but one who is sort of doesn't believe in 
childhood depression so they're very um oh well you know you're, you're fine just cheer up you've got everything mm. you want what's the problem whereas we've got one who has lived experience with depression so sees the signs absolutely sees themselves in this boy um so yeah so that book was very much um deliberate I wanted mm. to write about depression how it comes about how it feels what goes on in your head how you're constantly flicking and how just physically exhausted you are yeah, it um, is. oh yeah so, that's a great yeah. point about depression yeah. absolutely and it is like you know mental illness or experiences they're not just you know they make they they do affect you physically and I think that's what some mm -hmm. people don't understand like you can actually become very physically sick from experiencing these things so mm -hmm. I think just having those experiences in your book so you can either go oh okay what I'm experiencing is actually normal or maybe you read it and you recognize it in somebody else I mean they're all really important factors aren't they it's when, having that empathy for others as yeah, well as for yourself and acknowledgement yeah and recognition yeah. now when do you want to talk to you about self-care is not selfish now I love this and I'm just gonna <laughs> take a bit of a turn here we're all women I'm not sure how many of us are mothers but I know that as a mother myself you're constantly feeling guilty about doing your own thing right constantly feeling guilty about taking that half an hour coffee because you should be making Easter hat mm -hmm. parade hats for your kids or engaging in them whatever and I actually have the guilt never stops, by the way, but I've come to know that it's really important to take care of yourself because if you don't do those, I'm not going to call them selfish things, those things that you need to do to feel alive and have a spark in you, then you aren't your best self. And I know if I don't take time out for myself, you know, my anxiety does get worse or your stress levels get higher. So I really want to either change the word selfish or make selfish not that dirty word because mm -hmm. it's really important mm -hmm. um, to, to have that self-care. So Wendy, tell us what can it look like? I mean, I've touched on it a little bit when we're not practicing self-care. Yeah, thank you. I'm just in heaven listening to you all, actually. Um, it's like, you know, you, you we're creating um, improvement just by actually having this conversation and we're learning. So I think the authors who are, you know, who are delving into this have a great opportunity to improve the conversation and create um this normality that we're all human and we all have different emotions because we actually have to. So when you come back to, you know, pulling into the self-care stream, it, you know, that wonderful person, Danny, who spoke to you and said, I, I see you, I actually see you're hurting, that must be awful. Um, I don't believe that person could do that if, they, don't, they have not put their oxygen mask on themselves or they're not caring for themselves. Yeah, I think it's, it's completely the beginning. Um, or you have that danger if you're not looking after yourselves and then you start to help other people, you will burn out. You will mm. start, the little flame will start to, to dwindle a little bit. So um, it's absolutely so important and Unfortunately, we live in a society, I think we're getting better, where there is this stigma that if you're doing something you're for, you know, for yourself, you're a little bit selfish or you're self-centred or whatever. But I think it's changing. People are certainly admiring the health aspect. Mm, absolutely. And the I caring also, aspect. 
Yeah, and you were saying about culturally, I also think there's something deeply wrong, and I think this is changing as well, but the whole soldier on thing, no, mm. it doesn't matter. you just oh, got to soldier on, the show yeah. must go on, and you must yeah. go to work. Guess what? Yeah. When I've taken a sick day, <laughs> nothing yeah. happens the next day. Like nothing blows up, yeah. nothing mm-hmm. terrible yeah. happens, except I've had a rest. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that soldier on culture, which I, I hope is sort of, disappearing but it was really strong in our culture and I still see it sometimes you know you just got to keep going even if you're really Mm. I mean I think illness now you know with our experience with COVID Mm. I think everyone's like no you got to stay at home if you're sick but because mental illness can sometimes be invisible sometimes you know people think people don't understand yeah Yeah. and it's and it's not and we have to acknowledge that that it is difficult sometimes to understand but by having these conversations, by talking about it, I think um, I have two children who are in their teens and you know what, the conversations that they're having, that's why I love listening to um, all the authors around this table, is that I really do believe that they're much more open to other, other varieties of information coming on coming into them. So there's the social media and there's some really beautiful things that have come out of their mouth, honestly, when they're talking about mental health um, in a positive way. And then also talking about, um, you know, the feelings of anxiety or the feelings of nervousness or the feelings of, you know, not being happy. So I think that's starting to be, I think as as a community, we are getting better. I think so too. And it's been such a relief, and I'll ask you yourself if it's been a relief for all Mm. of you in the panel here, but it's been such a relief to be able to talk about it and not feel weak or flawed or like there's something wrong with you. Because I I went through a lot of my life in my 20s just really hiding it behind, you know, an optimistic, you know, person who, I don't mind everything, I'm all happy and positive, but that's not exactly how you're feeling. And Mm. that sounds very familiar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, does. it does it does but you know to, to Wendy's point I, I think you know we, we're kind of familiar with the phrase oh I took a mental health day and it st- I think it m- might have started as a joke it's like I you know I'm not coming to work today I'm taking a mental health day but now actually people really are saying is. I need yeah. a mental health day <laughs> I need to step away. We've had an intense time for weeks on end. I'm burnt out. I think that the pandemic for, you know, for how awful it's been on so many levels, one of the things that's brought to the fore is we need to be looking after ourselves. You know, your health is your number one priority because if you're not mentally and physically well, and emotionally well, mm. then you're not actually any good to anybody, including yourself. So yeah, you actually do need to be looking at all facets of your health. Yeah. Um, and and I I sometimes just say I need to take a day and my manager says that's fine, you know, you've got sick leave up your sleeve or what have you, and I take a day. And, <laughs> and on those days I don't even do any writing or anything. Mm-hmm. I don't go on social media or do any of my other my author stuff. <laughs> I will binge watch the worst television you can possibly imagine <laughs> and make a giant bowl of popcorn and just sit on the couch. Oh, but sometimes you just need to do that. I'm coming over next time you do that, Sandy. I'll bring the chocolate. <laughs> I, I think, Sandy, we, we spoke about it and we were talking about, the, you know, the canary, the canary in the, oh. in the mm-hmm. mine. And it's... um. It's really important because, you know, here you say, you know, you come to the point where you feel burnt out and I need a day off. So it's understanding and I think 
having friends and colleagues and people that can sort of go, you know, something's changing, Sandy, something's going on. So it's trying to pull that threshold back a little bit before yeah. you have yeah. to fall on your face. So, mm, yeah. and that can be hard. And that can be hard. I've certainly had colleagues telling me, Wendy, something's not quite right. You're not, <laughs> a, you know, you're and not yourself. Yeah. You're not yourself. Yeah. And that's, we just have, I think it's just understanding when I start to feel a little bit overwhelmed or yeah. I'm I'm not as, you know, relaxed around people or I can get stressed or I can snap. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. And my can my canary in the coal mine is when I feel resentful, when I'm yeah. helping somebody. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm giving yeah. of myself and I resent it. That's mm-hmm. when I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not actually okay yeah. Yeah. but it is about and being in tune have, isn't it with yourself it is being because you, know, you know if you've got a cold and you're not you've got a headache yeah. you're not you're feeling well but it's about yeah. really being in tune with your mental health as well yeah. and trying to get there before you get to that place of panic and I know panic attacks can just come on instantaneously For I know sure. that but sometimes I think oh I probably should have taken that day or had a rest or slept in or had that cup of tea and then I wouldn't be here, you know. So it's yeah. really about recognizing yeah. those signs in you before yeah. it happens as well. And yeah. that's being really in tune and listening to yourself. And I'm still learning to do that because I'm a bit of a let's just do everything all day. Yeah. <laughs> and coming back to the to the theme of this, because I love it, words actually really matter. So yeah. it's coming back and reinforcing it constantly. You know what? My health is really important. So I need to step up yeah. and step down. Hey, yes. Yeah, you like that. Anna, do you have a canary in your coal mine that tells oh, you? Oh, this is to... all doing my head in a bit. I'm listening to it going, oh my God, what? No, what am I? No, what? Oh, like, where That's do I fit? Well, you don't want to stress like, you out. Ha- no, no, no. It's always like that. In my head, it's always like that in my head. But words mattering. So it's like the one thing I was going to say is we keep saying this is normal, but none of us mean that that means it's okay or that everyone has it because Mm. not everyone gets depression Mm. or not everyone's anxious we mean it's normal as in it's real and Mm -hmm. it's acknowledged and it's human of us to go through these things so I think that's just important for us to say out loud that we're not yes, trying to yeah. say it's normal because everyone gets a bit down like this yeah. is a different down like if we're using yeah. a capital d depression yeah. not a little d depression you know I feel like with anxiety like everyone worries got, <laughs> everyone gets a bit worried like yeah. oh that's not very different to saying bound for three oh. months you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> and it's not the same as when someone yeah. says um you know you have every reason to be anxious right now that feels better to me than someone saying everyone gets a bit anxious. Mm. I don't know why there's a difference there, but it feels yeah. different to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I but think yeah. we need to acknowledge the people around us. They do care and they, they probably are worried about us and they're just Sometimes. going to that sort of cliche thing that we probably all go to when someone's experiencing something. Like, oh, it'll be okay. And that's sort of a natural yeah. response that I'm trying to get out of. I do it. Because, yeah, we all do it because we want to be reassuring and we want to get on with life and be happy. But sometimes, as I experience, it's good to just have someone sit in there with you and not try and solve it. You know, just go, okay, I, we're just going to sit in it. And we repeat exactly. what's said to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a bit of a golden rule and it's something whether we can entwine it in the words that we write or the words that we're constantly saying to each other is everyone is unique. So your first response is, 
acknowledgement. Yeah. I, you know, I can see that you're frustrated or I can see that you're challenged with life at the moment, but it's, or how do you feel? What are you feeling at the moment? Mm. I, See, I find that really confronting. I really hate that question. Yeah. Sorry. Do just well. me. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? How do yeah. I feel? I put my hand out and I pick something up. What do you mean? How do I feel? What yeah. do you do? See, for like, me, no one thinking, had asked. No one had if asked someone what says, an anxiety attack felt like. You know, What does it feel like in your body? Yeah. Then the whole question of how do you feel that I think potentially, and I could be wrong, a neurotypical person understands the step further from that, which yeah. it is when I say, how do you feel? I don't mean, how do you feel this object? Yeah, you pick okay, it up yeah. and you how touch you it. Feel in you your mean, body? yeah. So if you're yeah. asking, um, there's a really good analogy someone come up with about asking kids, don't say, ask them how a painting makes them feel. Because mm. it'd be like, well, it doesn't. Yeah. My hand <laughs> does. Like that's just yeah. a stupid question. Yeah. But it's not because so many people get it straight away. Yeah, it's okay. just a whole lot of people I know don't. Because yeah, yeah. we just all That's freak out. Point too, and, and a lot of people don't like the question, how does it feel? But where does it feel? In your it's body. different. Yep. Yeah. What is this bit doing? What's your chest doing? What's yeah. Your... yeah. And okay, I'm not quite, uh, I'm not 100% yet on whether or not that's helpful to me. Yeah. But it's interesting. And at least I can answer it a bit. Yeah. I can't even answer, how do you feel? Yeah. yeah. I'll be like, yeah. fine. And Wendy goes back, yeah. that's what Wendy says, it goes back to the individual. And so I think, you know, yeah. having our allies around us and really guiding them to what we need and then when they need us, what they need from us as well. So having that sort of reciprocal mm. relationship. Yeah. Kate, I just and knowing to it's okay you. to say it's yeah. okay to say no. So when someone gets the wrong, oh. they're trying and they say the wrong thing, <laughs> yeah. I'm now for the first time in my life saying, I don't know how to answer that. Don't ask me that. <laughs> Yeah. I've, had enough. Have the I've just gone no don't ask me how I feel for God's sake <laughs> if I knew that I'd flip. be halfway there right, I'm sort of flipped to you now about <laughs> well, it's, helping your, it's giving your allies vocabulary of how yeah. to actually yeah. you know if, yeah. if if you you need them how they can be there yeah. for you and I want to be an ally too you know I don't understand depression you know with someone who has depression so I want them to explain to me how I can be a good ally for them as well. I understand anxiety perfectly, but, you know, something yeah. else, I'm going to need help and guidance as well. Now, Kate, let's just throw to you for a minute. Um, I really like the idea of talking about overcommitting and saying yes to everything, probably my worst flaw ever. Yep. Tell me about this and what impact it can have and how do you say no? Uh, yeah, well, that's big, one of my biggest problems through my whole life, um, and that is that's is very much with what Anna was saying as well, that, um, you know, I, I I haven't really fitted in through life. So I've made myself fit in and I've made myself fit in by saying, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll come. I'll do that. And, you know, put myself through all these awfully uncomfortable situations through my whole life. And obviously that's ended up with burnout and, you know, all these diagnoses. Um, but um, I think if I can just quickly, I might be going back a little bit here, but just really quickly saying that we need to recognize our canaries and we need to understand how we feel and put into words and, and, and understand ourselves what's going on. If you don't know that you are anxious or have anxiety or you have depression, 
that's so difficult. Like I, I have only really started to understand myself properly over the last couple of years after I got my diagnosis. And I didn't even go and see anybody until I did something incredibly reckless and dangerous. And I sat back and then I really analysed my life and all the things I was doing and thinking and feeling um, as, as well as I could at the time and realised I was not well. Um, and it's only now after I've sat and talked with people and really um, cried a lot <laughs> and made my family understand, you know, really talked with them as I've been able to understand and recognize better how I, you know, what's going on on the inside. I still can't sit there like what Anna was saying. I still can't sit there with my psychologist and she says, well, how does that make you feel? And I'm like, well, I don't know, my, I'm, um, with the just on the I don't the, know yeah like my, I, I can't and I'm really no. trying to sort of think about my insides and my shoulders and my back and my head and I'm like I don't know I don't know how it makes me feel but I, I can't move on from it and mm. you know um so anyway that I've gone back a little bit there no but I, so, think, no, I, I think someone asked me a counsellor asked me where do you feel your pain mm. and a lot of Here. people are like, I don't know. And I knew straight away, like, it's in my throat. Everywhere. Throat. Oh, and, oh wow. The throat and the yeah. speaking ones, the chest yeah. and the throat. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Some, some yeah. people know immediately they're like, Here. And some people are like, yeah. I, I got know. told as a teenager my, my throat chakra was blocked oh, at a like festival. Yeah. And no matter how hooky kooky the whole thing was, she was damn right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but yeah, and alexithymia, I was diagnosed with the don't actually know how you feel. They have a word for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that you can actually have a diagnosis that you you cannot understand the emotion you're having. Mm. And I don't, I'm not the professional on what all the words mean. And the words aren't, though, like all labels, they're there to just try and help you understand or get mm, help yeah. and assistance. Otherwise, they're a bit useless. But yeah. Um, and I don't know, I have a few years of my life's a canary, so I don't really have a canary either. <laughs> like everything for the last while um, counts. It's been an emergency for a long time. So there's no mental health day. My life is the couch. So. Yeah. And before we wrap up and Sandy, I'll get you to explain, you know, what this is all about, the Authors for Mental Health and how people can participate and how people can join in. Wendy, I just want to talk to you and anyone else who can jump in here because I find this really interesting this sort of oxymoron of toxic positivity can oh, you yeah. take me through this um I was trying to think where we were going with this I think it's I think it's exactly the the stream that we've been talking about where we have this kind of this armor that everything's okay and that if I'm not positive if I'm not happy, if I'm not joyful all the time, then there's something wrong with me. <laughs> it's, like, it's like if I'm not in the positive, then there's something wrong with me, whereas there's black, there's grey, there's yellow, there's lots of different colours in how we're feeling. Um, and I think the, there's been a long time that we've been focusing on if I'm not, if I don't, if I ask you, are you happy, if I don't say yes, then there's something wrong with me. Mm. But in actual fact, it's okay not to be happy at mm -hmm. that point. It's, it's okay human, not to it? be joyful. Mm. You know, it's when you're not happy for or you're very sad for a very long time and it's creating, um, you know. It's impacting major, your life. It's impacting yeah. your life or your, or your people around you. But it's, it's, it's really quite interesting and it is changing. So it's remembering that, you know what, it's okay 
not to be okay and it's okay not to be happy and it's okay to say different words in which I love the way, you know, and I'm still trying to learn different words about my emotion because I think they do help to reframe them and make them more connected to me as an individual. And I try to help help the kids do that as well. Mm. You know, I'm really angry about with that teacher. I go, are you really angry? <laughs> or are you a little bit annoyed? Or is there another word that we can yeah. use? Yeah. So extending and I think that vocabulary is really important. Extending it. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's not such a big deal, but it's it's important. Mm. It's not that it's not important. It's not that they're going through some an issue. So yeah, mm. I think I think positivity can be toxic. Mm. If it's extreme. The problem, like, sorry to jump in, but with the one of the big things with overcommitting as well, as well as toxic mm. positivity, is that I know certainly I'm probably a real candidate for being toxically positive. And that's because I can avoid my own problems. Um, yeah. you know, if I yeah. if I just commit to everything, say, Yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll help with that, I'll help with that. Yeah. It stops me, you know, sinking into a trap um obviously that trap trap comes <laughs> further down the line and it's massive um mm. but at the time the small ones I don't have to deal with it I don't have to think about it I don't have to put that worry thought on a train and wave goodbye because my brain just can't deal with those you know <laughs> things that I'm told to do so over committing again and toxic positivity it's sometimes you don't know you're doing it you really yeah. don't know and yeah. I and that's why I think where allies come in, where, you know, friends come in that you that can say to you, because I'm really good at doing it with other people. I can go, oh, whoa, are you OK? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm great at that. But when it comes to myself, no grasp whatsoever of what's going yeah. on. It's, it's usually, yeah, let's just all um, keep going really happily and you're all great and everything's great. And then, bam. You know, big explosion. It's all yeah. over. Bury that deep, Kate. It will come up. I've realised. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, just yeah. kicking the can down the road for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's when the reckless behaviour can sort of. And that- I'm completely with you, Kate. I'm probably very similar. Ask me how I am most of the time, and I will tell you I'm okay. I'm doing yeah. that good. So because you, you know, you generally the carers or the people who are trying to help. They will say that because they're yeah. not listening yeah. to what you're saying. And um, it's, yeah, it's a knee-jerk yeah. reaction to say, oh, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And sometimes I've sort of delved a bit deeper and I said, I know you will be fine, but it's okay if you're not fine right now. Like, that's okay. And yeah. then they've sort of yeah. sat back and went, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, I will be fine, but I'm kind of not right now. I'd probably just cry. Like, if you said that's that okay. to me in person, yeah. I'd go, oh, my God, you're right. And I'd lose it. We'll no. cry together. We'll get some popcorn <laughs> and chocolate. We'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, so many of us are so good yeah. at faking it. And I think yeah. I'll never forget when Sandy <laughs> took me out to dinner. Hang on a minute. We went out to dinner in um, Melbourne. I would, at that point, I didn't know she had ever had an anxious bone in her body because she was just the world of confidence. And I just had never, you know, I hadn't even been out on my own for so long and was, you know, at the always ready to cancel at the last minute for everything. And she just, it was, the whole thing was just like someone being like that strong person behind you to help you get through this whole thing, but not just that, but have an amazing time as well. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and that's from someone who's, you know, and I'm like, well, how, how'd you do that? But now I'm thinking, well, hang on, what did it cost you? You know, it's not so much, how did you fake it? Can I fake it better too? Or <laughs> not that you were faking, but you know, it's more like, well, yeah, what did it cost you? How did you have to pay it? that back to yourself? Yeah. yeah. For me, I think it's yeah. more of an overcompensation. If I act 
you know, if I act like I'm positive and confident, then the anxiety will go away. And it does temporarily, but it always comes back. Well, I think part of that, when we're talking about self-care, um, I mean, saying no is self-care and giving your space, yourself space to to feel you I mean sometimes you just have to feel the stuff you have to feel the the not great stuff and you need to give mm-hmm. yourself space to do it because you have to process it and understand it and think it and um it's fine to say to people I'm not seeing you today or ask your other half hey are you going to go out for the day <laughs> be alone you know I think it we need to give ourselves permission and this toxic positivity of you know, constantly telling ourselves, what have we got to complain about? You know, there's all these other things going on in the world and we still have a home, we still have a family, we still have a job, you know, we're fine. Why are we upset? You know, what's wrong? And just kind of constantly beating ourselves up for feeling despondent or sad or concerned or worried or what have you and not being, you know, just kind of that stiff upper lip and keep calm and carry on. I I think that we're probably all hard it sounds like we're all very hard on ourselves um but yeah is the self-care is kinder to yourself and and give yourself the space um yeah I I don't think we should be trying to shut down those feelings I think we should be you know feeling through them and and coming out the other end yeah I agree and I think um sorry Wendy I think having experienced you know from my experience anxiety as bad as it gets as awful as it gets because you've done it before you're like okay it's all right I know that there's another side I've just got to sit in this which sucks and it's awful and I'm afraid but I know that I can get to the other side because I've done it many many times before so it's that self-belief and that self-talk it's okay we're going to sit in it yeah and we're going to move through it it is yeah so when did you want to say something before I really yeah. interrupted you? Yeah, no, that's okay. No, 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 no. It was just about, um, so, you know, depending on where you are, if it's maintenance, it's sort, it's sort of working out what is your one thing or two things or three things that you need to do on a daily basis or every week that helps you to stay well. So whether it's, you know, there's so many different things and there's so many different activities out there that people believe are the one thing (laughs) coloring in coloring in yeah so whether it's meditation journaling you know coloring in doing exercise exercise calling calling a friend going to the movies whatever whatever it is it's so simple but it's such a huge Mm. pivot point for people when you when you get caught up with the busyness and the craziness and you let that go Mm. because again it's selfish. I need to do this stuff first. But in actual fact, the simple stuff might just be your key thing. I know it is for me. Mm. If I don't exercise, I like to meditate. If I don't do that, um, and COVID, I just went, it all went <clears throat> down. Yeah. And well, so I think that's a job for us. It's a job for us to write down those three to five things and stick them on your wall where you look every day. I'm going to do that for myself about what that's do I need. That's a good action item. I like it. But, and yeah. for your family to acknowledge that yeah. it might yeah. not look as like so exercise is socially recognized and um what's the word I'm thinking? Everyone's like, yay, exercise. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm a writer, it's fine. Um whereas <laughs> the day that it's just it's words and it's nerds and I'll be the nerd. And if um 
but if you're saying I really need to color in right now, it's a little harder for your family to accept. Yeah. Or if you're like, I want to put on my noise cancelling headphones, listen to a podcast yeah. and color in at the same time. Uh, it looks like what? But to me, it's so important, but I'll just yeah. get con- constantly interrupted. And I'm like, if I go somewhere else, everyone gets upset. But if I'm here and I can do it, can you not just leave me to it? Because there's not much social acceptance around that mm. being right. okay as your activity. So whatever well, your activity Anna, is, it's exactly. okay. I agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exercise Stick up for yourself. as important yeah. as yeah. listening to a podcast for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. And my, my go-to is to watch the same program over and over again. Yeah, and or my, with your my, kids because yeah, they my, do it too. Oh, yes, they yeah. do. My kids come yeah. in and just say, <laughs> well, my kids are older now. But they just come in and go, oh, this again. Yeah. It's <laughs> Gilmore know. Girls. <laughs> Third time we've watched yeah. Gilmore Girls. Yeah. But it just allows, it allows me to switch off. Yeah. And I don't care. You know, mm. I don't care anymore. Like I did. And, and I still get twangs of embarrassment. You know, like like you say, you know, exercising is totally socially acceptable. Oh, look, they're just exercising like all the other normal people out there. Whereas, oh, look at her. She's watching episode nine of Taskmaster for the 75,000th time. And I'm like, yeah, it makes me feel really happy. But kids do that. Kids reread the same books and they watch the same films and TV shows because there's a safety in it because they know how it's going to end and there's a safety to it. So I think we do the same things as well. We go back to what's safe. I, I read that during COVID when we were feeling really uncertain and I think we still are feeling that way but when we were in the thick of it there was this surge of watching The Office again you know even though people had watched it 17 times before they needed to go back to a place where they felt happy and safe and Mm -hmm. you know they could go back to a time when we weren't you know trapped indoors or whatever wearing masks. Now Sandy can you tell us we're all here um, all this mental health so important how can everyone participate engage? Yeah well we Oh, oh, sorry, Wendy. Um, so we've got uh, we've got a website. Kate has done most of the heavy lifting, so this is really her brainchild. Um, but we've got a website where we've um, included all the blog posts that have been part of the blog series, and including yours, Danny V, and um, all, all different authors and creators talking about mental health and fantastic, just really beautiful, open stories and strategies and what what has worked for people and just kind of sometimes a a lighter more humorous touch and sometimes a really deep dive so this go and check out the website and see all the blog posts and also most importantly we've got an auction on at the moment we have 43 different items to bid on and they are on you can access them from the website and I'm going to throw to Kate in a sec because she's got the website she's got the website up here Um, and it is um, signed copies of books and book packs there's things like school visits there's um, great they're great um things for authors so there's you know things like manuscript assessment and um, mentoring with particular authors so we've we've um, reached out to authors or Kate has actually reached out to authors and creators not just in Australia some from overseas as well so there's things that you can bid on and the auction goes until the 6th and all of our funds are going to Beyond Blue so that's supporting a fantastic organisation that supports mental health and well-being across Australia in just many many different ways so that's kind of what it's all about and Kate website (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's authorsformentalhealth.weebly.com 
Perfect. It's the Weebly. It's the Weebly. It's free. You know, so you got to have, you got to put up with the Weebly if you want it for free. That's the beautiful. And, you know, I just think what the most important thing I think I've taken from this, and I try and do it as much as I can without boring people too much, is let's not stop the conversation. You know, I know people have mixed feelings about are you okay day and whether you, however you feel about that, for me, acknowledging and talking and being able to talk about it without shame, I think is the most important thing. So let's just continue this conversation. Maybe we'll do this again, or maybe yeah. we'll do it with other people. Um, but let's continue the conversation for all of our mental health. So thank you well, so thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you yeah, so thank much you for too. having us, Danny. You're welcome. Thank and you. I hope the ocean goes well. And um, I'm sure we'll have this conversation or similar again. I think we need to have that dinner party, Anna, with Sandy and... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll go to Melbourne. We'll have we dinner. all need to. The girls' night in. We might <laughs> be the one living in the last minute. We're all having an anxiety date. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll, <laughs> we'll do it all on Zoom and be fine. We don't have to leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, and thank you for starting this um, great cause. I think it's so important to keep the conversation going, acknowledging, and obviously the great cause going to Beyond Blue. So, thank Thanks, you, and Annie. stay well. Great.